Hi everyone, I'm Amanda. I'm Karen. And you're listening to Two Person Book Club. So we are so thrilled to have a very special guest with us today. We're here with Karen Taylor, who is the founder and executive director of Right Girl. Yep. Uh, super delighted to have you. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. I'm glad to be here. Of course. Um, for our listeners who might not be totally familiar with Right Girl, can you tell us a little bit about Right Girl? Yeah, absolutely. So Right Girl is a creative writing and mentoring organization for teen girls. We're going into our 19th season. Oh my. I know it's kind of amazing, really, in some ways. 2001, right? Yeah, 2001. Unbelievable. I know. Three months after 9/11, wow. I started it. I don't think that was a coincidence. Wow. Right? I I think I wanted to do something meaningful. I wanted to, you know, do something different with my life, and I wanted to capitalize on being a writer and, you know, use the the all of my friends' writing talents and bring them together to help girls. You know, so we work with teenage girls, 13 to 18, from all over Los Angeles County. It's a combination of group workshops and one-on-one mentoring. We publish books. And, um, Indeed, we'll, we'll definitely be getting into that. <laughs> yeah, I figured as much. Um, and we also do public reading. So we take the girls to independent bookstores like Skylight Books in Las Vilas and, you know, have them get on their feet and read their work in public, too. So. I, lo- I love Skylight. And, uh, yeah. yeah, having been to a couple of the uh, Right Girl events, the way that the girls get to not only create their work but also present their work, Yes, it's so massive. Isn't it's it so fun? Cool. It's so great to see them yeah. get on their feet in front of a microphone and just be fearless you know it's so it, yeah it's so incredible I, I I can't imagine any writer of anything and certainly no young girl who would not benefit from that experience yeah well of course I agree with you entirely <laughs> that's kind of your thing that's yeah, kind of your brand that's my jam yeah. that's right yep so I, I've been fortunate enough to attend a couple of right girl events now yay you guys just had a launch for your latest book we did. It was amazing. I just got the count this morning, and we had officially 133 girls there. Oh, my goodness. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, that's really quite a feat in L.A. where girls and boys have the opportunity to do lots of other things besides writing. We're so proud that they chose to come to Write Girl and be part of the book launch and the Welcome Day event. We had 80 parents there. We had 100 yeah. volunteers there. It was awesome. Yeah, that's huge. Do you feel like young people sometimes don't gravitate toward writing just because avenues aren't available to them? Well, I think they're intimidated by it. Mm. Writing is like, oh, I've got to do essays. I've got to do that thing at school. It's like writing feels like, for most young people, it's sort of like the bane of their existence, you know? Right. So to try to flip that and try to make them see what power it can give them in their lives Mm. to be able to write, advocate for themselves, fight for things, change the world, you know, literally, because laws were written before they were enacted, you know, like everything is sort of based on writing, even if it's an invention, like at some point, everything has writing involved. So once they start seeing that it has power for them and that it can actually be a tool they can use in their lives to advance whatever they want to do, they start changing their tune a little yeah, bit, you know? Right. right. So. Yeah. I, I mean, I think there's something really remarkable about that that you've done in creating and forwarding this effort. It's a little bit like the way that... Um, you know how children are afraid of the things that their parents are afraid of? Like uh-huh. if you're like if your mother screams at a spider when you're three, yes. you'll have arachnophobia when you're like 15 or something. Absolutely. Yep. I know. I, I think that there's like a multi-generational 
issue surrounding writing and creativity in general, where yes. young people are saying, this is not for me. This is not like, maybe I, I will find something else. Like maybe that thing is with no disrespect to, you know, sports or other organizations. Sure. I think that that's one that is sometimes daunting or has not been presented in a certain light. And, and absolutely. I think that's true. I think it's also like there's a weird irony right now where our main communication is through our electronic devices, mm -hmm. which is writing based. Yeah. And yet texting and the kind of communication that a lot of young people do on their phones, iPads, computers is not really about creative self-expression and long form writing. Right. So there's a disconnect, you know, like they're doing a lot of writing, but they're not really advancing their writing, if yeah. that makes sense, you know. So we get them away from that. We always write with pens, in journals, longhand. There's there's no laptops in sight. <laughs> Personally, I am a huge fan of longhand writing. Like I'm, I, I'm like on a script deadline right now, and I literally yesterday was like, I have to put the computer away. I have to just have like a notebook. It's a, it's a tremendously different experience. It is. And actually, like, I don't know the brain science exactly, but I know that biologically, physiologically, writing acts differently with the brain because of the coordination of the hand, the eye, yeah. the body. It's a different experience than writing on a computer. So I'm excited that we've got so many people writing longhand in journals and, yeah. you know, scratching their way through paper. And one of the amazing <laughs> things that Right Girl does is you, you give every girl a notebook. Yes. Oh, it's so wonderful. We're really lucky to have terrific donors that give us fabulous journals for the girls. So They're beautiful. Yeah, it's really great. We love to give them a choice, you know. Young people need to have a choice instead of just something handed to them. And those composition notebooks, I mean, some people like them, but, you know, they can be kind of uninspiring and make you feel like it's work and school and they could sometimes conjure up that like yeah. that you have a job to do here yeah yeah, vibe. yeah exactly yeah. so to have a leather bound journal or I think the ones with the wolves on them were very popular this past Saturday I took, I had a, yeah the wolf ones are the best one in my opinion I mean the ones that say like dream on them are also good but well, the, the wolf ones are I also are like right. the 60th anniversary Barbie <laughs> ones too because I'm on the Barbie Global Advisory Council oh, really? and helping to just give them some ideas on how to diversify what Barbie looks like in does in the world and that's been a really exciting journey they just released a judge barbie oh my goodness right? so that's amazing okay so know? we could have like a totally so cool. different conversation <laughs> yeah. podcast about um the history of barbie which is so fascinating it is it really is her actually her motto the founder of barbie which really resonates with us is you can be anything Interesting. Right? That's That was her yeah. saying 60 years ago, and they're right. really trying to carry that forward. And I feel like that's one of the messages of Right Girl, too, you know? Yeah. I think you stand less of a chance of that message getting lost in translation than Right Girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True um, enough. So you, Right Girl, obviously... You guys have a very public presence. You've won a tremendous amount of awards, one of which was from hand-delivered by Michelle Obama, which to me is like, that's the, just stop, like, go home after that. Like, that's, you know, the utmost. Um, that was pretty fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. We um, went to the White House to get that award. We brought one of our girls with us. It was really sig a significant moment for us. Yeah. It was great. And you can see in, you can see in her face that, like, it's a bit unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's really genuine about wanting to support girls education. Yeah. Obviously, she continues to be a voice for the empowerment of girls and women across the globe. So really amazing to get that award directly from her. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it's, it's more important than ever for women who believe in 
other women to yes, you know, step, step up, up and, and help mm-hmm. each other. 100%. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, you know, Ray Girls just made such a stamp. You guys were the California Nonprofit of the Year a few years ago. Yes, I mean, that was given to us by Arnold Schwarzenegger and so Maria flat. Shriver. <laughs> I should put her name first. That's right. Usually, right. That's okay. Next time. You guys have this interesting relationship with acknowledgement and fame and celebrity that I think is so fascinating because Ray Girl is so not at all about that, mm-hmm. but your exposure has been so significant. And I, I think there's also this idea of voice that really comes through both in your praxis and also your exposure that's just kind of awesome. Can I say that? That's yeah. just like, it's yeah. just awesome. Well, I think one thing we've tried to stay true to is trying to really connect with people that also relate to our mission. So, you know, it's helpful to have celebrities supporting you and talking about you and donating and being part of your events and drawing people to want to also support the organization. But, you know, we don't really want to have celebrities that are doing it for other purposes, you know, that are just trying to be a flash for a day and don't really get who we are, you know. So we've been really lucky, I think, to be connected with a lot of people who have been involved for many years and continue to be. Lauren Graham wrote the foreword oh for goodness. our new book. And it's so sweet. I love the it's foreword so to this book. great, right? She's very, I think she's, she's very eloquent. Yeah, and she's really a writer. I mean, she's yeah. a, been a best-selling author yeah. as well as an actor, and I think she's completely committed to helping the empowerment of teen girls especially you know so it's been a joy to have her involved you know she was the host of our last fundraiser and she was hilarious (laughs) she's just so natural on the mic it was like you just put a mic in front of her and let her go and she was right on point you know really hitting all the same messages that we've been talking about for years and we're really delighted to have her involved we love her yeah that's so marvelous and I think it's interesting that you mentioned she is a she's a true writer and I think you know one of the things underscoring the significance of Right Girl is that so often women are thought of as something else first mm-hmm. and as creators second. And I, I just think there are some amazing women out there who are helping to change that paradigm. Yeah, I'm hoping someday we'll break away from the one label <laughs> identities that we often want to give to people. And, you know, it's still considered sort of a novelty to have more than one title of who right. you are. And it's becoming more in vogue to be it, a multi-hyphenate, but it's true. still it's, it's still not. It's still not really. Right, there's a dilution kind yeah. of myth. People still want to put one smack label on you like that's it that's who you are Mm -hmm. it's a shame yeah. Uh, for people who might be interested in that, that's called Lights, Camera, Right Girl. Yeah, Is Lights, Camera, right? right Girl. Yeah, it happens in the spring. We don't quite have the date down in yet, spring. but it'll happen in the spring. We had Seth Rogen involved last year. That's and so fun. his wife, Lauren Miller-Rogan, was also involved. She's a screenwriter. And yeah. oh, Wayne Brady was performing. <laughs> he, he was hilarious, but he's also another person very passionate about young people's voices and, you know, was just really sort of humbled, I think, to hear the girls writing and perform their words. You know, and and a lot of your girls are so interested in songwriting. Right? Yes, yes, they are. They love songwriting. That's one of the best workshops of the year, I think. You know, we bring in like twelve singer songwriters, right. and they literally put music to the words that the girls write on the spot. Like they don't even have thirty seconds to work it out. They just do it right away, which is the part of the goal. Like we want the girls to see the process that it isn't some magical thing that happens behind the curtain. It's a creative process to put a melody to music, and when they mm-hmm. get the rhythm and they get the rhyme and they get the structure going, it's so easy. The singer-songwriters are normally terrified at the beginning, and then within 30 seconds, you know, we can't stop them. They want to keep going 
for another couple hours. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm going to go to that event and cry so many yeah. tears. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's really great. We have Lisa Loeb's been involved a number of years and oh, Louise amazing. Goffin. And... We accidentally referenced Lisa Loeb like on our last episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know why. We were our last, uh, our last episode, we read the book, 100 Amazing Facts About the Negro, the book by Henry Louis Gates Jr. Have you read it? No, I have not. I'm recommending it like a maniac to everyone I meet. Okay, it's great. unbelievable. But yeah, we, uh, Ronnie, my, my usual co-host, brought up Lisa Loeb in a moment of passion. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> well, she's, she's awesome. She is amazing. And she's got a whole children's album that she's been touring with as well. So multi-hyphenate herself. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You could talk about like motherhood is that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so not to not to put you on the spot, but is it possible that part of the reason you love the the songwriting workshop so much is because that is part of your history as well? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for 15 years I was a singer and songwriter in New York City, and I Amazing. was in Vegas for a couple of years, and I loved it. But it was the music industry is a tough place to be. You know, it's a a difficult world and it's male dominated no mm -hmm. matter what you want to say about it it is still run by men at the top and I found that really hard <laughs> so I was really excited I also wanted to you know I was excited to do something where I could be a little bit more in charge of things and be leading and then I was also just so excited with the idea of inspiring other people like what better thing to do in the world to get up in the morning and know that your work <laughs> matters to other people as well as yourself you know like it's inspiring to me but all these girls and women are finding it to be a place of community that is positive and supportive and yeah. kind of a, a break from what is going on in the world in many ways because the world's a little bit on fire right now. You know, protests yeah. everywhere and fires everywhere. and like Both literal and metaphorical. Both, you know. So I think what we felt on Saturday at the book launch was just this real oasis of positivity and communication mm -hmm. and support mm -hmm. and joy and and also acceptance of all the different kinds of women and girls that were there you know we've got girls on the spectrum and girls that are non-binary and i think they feel just absolutely you know as included as any other girl there and i love that yeah you know yeah one thing that i admire and respect so much about right girl is that you've you've truly created a space where no one feels like they've been invited to someone else's party. Mm -hmm. um, you know, controlling, I mean, you mentioned this in the music industry. This is true of so many creative industries. True. You feel like you're participating in someone else's paradigm, particularly as a woman, especially mm -hmm. if you're a woman of color. I, I think that for anyone who is not a part of a narrative that has guided the conversation for centuries, there's always a bit of this feeling of like, all right, well, how do I adapt to this story? How do I participate in this story? Where do I belong in this story? And we, to me, what you've done is create a space where people are creating stories. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's like, that's the only way forward. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, really, because I, I, that's our hope, you know. I think one of the things that helps contribute to that is a spirit of no competition ever. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. we fight against it all the time because 
we often get opportunities from corporations and and other groups that you know can we run this contest for your girls and you know right. how do your girls get selected for the book and for the readings and it's like well we work really hard to not make that a competitive process that it's an inclusive process and I mean that doesn't mean that everybody gets into all the opportunities but we never make it competitive that you have to be the best to do it or you know we try to give lots of different ways to balance that out so that everybody feels included and feels part of it and feels just as valuable as the next person yeah. I mean eighth graders 12th graders like you know there's such a hierarchy in all the areas of their lives already they don't need that here okay. at right girl they need to feel like I can relax I'm accepted I'm important I'm valuable okay let's go yeah, and I think the book is great proof of this, that, you know, competition teases out certain things, right? You, yeah. You know, you get certain things from a competition, no doubt. However, you also get a lot that is really great and would otherwise be overlooked in a non-competitive environment. Absolutely. And an anthology like this yeah. is proof positive. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. We totally agree because, you know, there's lots of opportunity for competition. Our girls can apply to different colleges. They're going to be applying to different books. They're going to um, be... They all apply to yeah. Oh, they, right? they don't. They all Isn't get that, accepted aren't you guys to like college. Kind too. of famous for that. <laughs> it is a number that is becoming scarier and scarier to keep every year. This hundred percent success rate of sending every girl to college. So unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Right. So for people who might not know, like obviously the statistics in Los Angeles are generally abysmal. Mm -hmm. um, you know, getting better, but still getting better. Uh, not great. But yeah. you send every one of your girls yeah. to um, college. Yeah, yeah. every is, single one. Which is, which is surreal. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's difficult, of course, and it takes a lot of people. There's a big team, a college team. They're amazing. Mm -hmm. And then the mentors and then the staff. And, you know, it's a whole, whole bunch of people that make that happen, you know. Yeah. Well, I think that's I think that's the perfect segue to start talking about this book. Yes, <laughs> the book. Karen, the book I, love, is, oh. I love this book so much. I'm so glad. I love this book. Me I, too. <laughs> I, I cried a whole bunch reading this book. Ah. I also laughed a whole bunch. I mean. I know. Some of it's hilarious. It's a real emotional roller coaster it in is. there. It is. It is. It is. It's really, it's 180 girls. Wow. So yeah. it's every girl we could get to submit. Mm. You know, we, we, that sounds really funny. <laughs> every girl we could get to <laughs> put their writing forward is in this book. And it runs the gamut from stuff about family to food to boyfriends, girlfriends, travel, heartbreak, technology, dreams, you yeah. know. It's a lot. It's really, but, but the, all the way through, it's just really real. It's just yeah. super, super real. <laughs> yeah, we make some guidelines that I think help. Like we ask them not to give us rhyming poetry because they're just yeah. not ready for that. It's, yeah, right. you know, so yeah. don't rhyme, just get it out on paper and let it flow. So mm -hmm. that's kind of one thing that I think helps draw out their real voice. And then, you know, the workshops throughout the year are all about guiding them to these different themes and different subjects in different ways. So I think a lot of the book was written partly, at least initially, at workshops. Yeah. You well, know? I mean, it's crazy. You have these events every month, mm -hmm. um, these massive, <laughs> sprawling, gorgeous events at like the Huntington and at Otis mm -hmm. and like the um, Museum of Natural History. Yes, and the Autry. Uh, yeah, so many incredible, you had like a Writers Guild event. I mean, yeah, the Writers oh Guild. Oh my goodness. Theater. Yeah, it's been great to take girls into places where they normally either have never been or would never think about writing in. Of course. You know, so that's, the women enjoy it too. It's, it's, 
been such a great partnership. And the museums of Los Angeles have been really kind to us. They've mm. been really welcoming. You know, we've been to the Japan America Museum a few times. And, you know, the art, the plazas, the sitting areas, the lighting, the words on plaques on the wall, you know, everything is sort of, it can be fodder for writing if you help guide girls how. Yeah. You know? And also just to show up and say, you belong here. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is your, also your space. And this is also L.A. Yeah. Like this is telling you about the history of L.A. and the history of the artists in L.A. and the writers and the mm -hmm. builders. And, you know, so they get connected to a deeper sense of place. Too. Yeah. 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 I think that's I think that's incredibly, incredibly exciting. So you have these monthly events. You also have, for many of your girls, weekly mentorships with one-on-one yes. -on -one mentors. Yes. Which I think is hugely significant for many of these girls. Yeah, I think it's really meaningful for them to have somebody that's in their life that isn't supposed to be there, like, you know, their mother <laughs> right. or their teacher. And for some of our girls, their probation officer, you sure. know, like these people are sort of have to be in their lives or are paid to be in their lives. Or, yeah. You know, so to, this mentor idea is something a little bit unusual, you know, mm -hmm. and sometimes they even say, so are they being paid to be here? You know, like, Aww. yeah, because they don't realize. And so we have to really, you know, stress to them, no, these women are just volunteering to step up because they care. They want to help you. And they're kind of shocked. They, yeah. They can almost not believe it. You know, <laughs> I can't. And I, I think it's I mean, the proof is in the pudding in terms of how, mm -hmm. you know, transformative that is. Yeah. I'm a super sucker for etymology. We're going to look up later whether volition and volunteer have the same root. Ooh, I, suspect, I suspect they do. Interesting. But the idea to have someone volitionally in your life, I think, I mean, that's something many of these girls have never experienced, yeah. right? Yeah. That's and so somebody powerful. that's not there with an agenda, per se. Like, sure. they're not there to help make your life better, per se. Like, they're not trying to push you in a certain direction. I mean, of course, we have college as this goal that we want for them because we know what that'll do for their lives right. to go to college. But we also don't introduce it in the eighth or ninth grade. Like, we don't of talk course. to them about it. Even in the 10th grade, it's sort of there in the background. But, you know, sort of everything in its own time, you know. And for the most part, it's really about writing, just self-expression, mm -hmm. get the creativity flowing. They're not correcting their grammar or structure yet. You know, at the beginning, right. it's just all about the flow. And and then, you know, eventually, young people turn around to you and say, hey, did I spell this right? You know, like they yeah. care about it yeah. being right. But at the beginning, for all creative endeavors, you can't create if you're not free. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. I think, interestingly, that also becomes true for your mentors in a way, you yes. know? I mean, I've only volunteered with the organization for a couple months now, but I'm so, and I'm so excited to be matched with a girl. I'm Yay. so pumped about it. Uh, <laughs> she's amazing. Great. But, uh, but I think that creativity without the idea of competition or without the idea of a payroll or without the idea of a deadline mm -hmm. is also a nice refresher for people in positions of guidance and, and leadership. I think so too. To be in a room full of powerful women and say, well, we're not all we're we're not all in this room right now because we're pitching for the one female superhero movie. You know what I mean? Like that's not what's happening today. Yeah, I think that that kind of mutual spirit of generosity, both you know, among the the mentors and the mentees who are willing to 
be vulnerable and open themselves yes. and make something. Yep. It's really, it's something quite special. You know, I, we don't talk about it very much, but it's really a source of great pride for me that women get as much as they do out of the organization because, yeah. you know, we raise money to help girls and our focus is always on girls and mm-hmm. right girl is right girl in the name. But right. I, in my heart, I know it's a place for women also. And I'm always so glad to hear when the women feel that way, when they feel like they got their own creativity boosted from the workshops, when they feel like, you know, as Kirsten, our curriculum person, our curriculum director puts it, it puts gas in your tank to come yeah. to Right Girl. Like you yeah. think, oh, I'm going to go volunteer <laughs> for a day. I'm going to be exhausted. And you kind of are because it's a big day. But at the end, you know, women say, I feel inspired. I'm uplifted. I'm motivated. I've got this energy that I didn't have before that yeah. I have from being around these other women and girls. So I love that. That makes me so happy to know that that's actually happening. Absolutely. I, I'm pretty sure every major religion has some adage about the, it's some version of Kirsten's gas in the tank. Yeah. Like, oh, generosity will feed you or yeah. whatever. But uh, but I like Kirsten's the best. Yeah. yeah, the gas in the tank. Well, she works in the automotive industry. So I guess that analogy is, Does you know, she? yeah, yeah, she's, she's, she's cool. She's really yeah, cool. She's, she's super cool. Yeah. You guys have a good thing going. How long have the two of you been partnered up? I think it's like eight years now. Wow. I know. I hate to say those numbers because it's like time just goes by so quickly in some ways, you know. But yeah, it, there's been some women that are involved for 10, 11, and 12, and 13, and a few that are here for the full 19 well, years. Yeah, I mean, you now have, <laughs> you now have, like, first-gen right girls who are circling back and, like, giving back to the organization. Mm-hmm. You've been around for 19 years. I mean, yeah, you've come full circle. Yeah, no, for sure. When we, I think when we turned, like, 13, 14, we were like, oh, my gosh, you know, like, <laughs> some of these girls were just born when we started right girls. This is really hard to get my brain around, actually. Yeah. And they keep coming, you know, I thought really in some ways that we wouldn't need Right Girl anymore at this point. I thought it mm-hmm. would have a natural decay because women would be in leadership positions like the president, like the mayor, right. like the governor. I thought that was already going to happen by now, you know, and here we are. So close on so many counts. Close, but still needing a That's lot not, more yeah. women yeah. in positions of leadership, not in just the main roles, but every role. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about this before this moment, but, you know, so much has happened in the past 20 years, not only politically, but also technologically. Do you feel like the, you know, the social situation, but also the way that we communicate with one another has changed the way that you do right, girl, over the years? Hmm, That's a really interesting question. I mean, I think there's been some evolution for sure, but I'm not sure I could put my finger on it. Mm. But I feel like we've had to adapt a little bit to the technology in particular. So we see, well, we can see a few things. We see girls' faces being less expressive. Yeah, that's right. That's a scientific phenomenon. We see it. And Mm -hmm. that is concerning because it means there's a little bit of a deficit there in being able to really fully communicate with Mm -hmm. others. So that's something that we're trying to adjust and do more activities that are going to help that, you know, that ability for somebody to really be able to express visually as well as with their writing. We see attention span, right? That's another one, right? You know, we have to change up the activities more like every 10 minutes instead of every 20 minutes now because they just Women and girls just don't have the ability to stay focused. So especially at the beginning of the day, we've got to keep the pace really moving to capture their attention. And then later in the day, when they're a little bit more grounded, we can extend the time of some of the activities. So those are adjustments that we've 
absolutely had to make along the way. And I'm sure there's others, you know, if I took some time to think about it, but those are a couple of the ones that I think we've had to adjust to. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. You've published so many iterations (laughs) of the Right Girl anthology over the years. Mm -hmm. It's just phenomenal. How many books do you have now? I think this is number 15. Unbelievable. I know. We started. used to do it once a year. Yeah, we used to do it once a year. And then we're just so big now that it's such a big project to do the book that we move to an every other year model. We still get all the girls in. So if they're in the 12th grade in a non-book year, we collect their work so that they're in the book the next year. But it's been really great to have just a little bit more more time between books. <laughs> well, to be fair, you also didn't have 180 girls in the first year mm-hmm. to get no, into the anthology. we had like 30 <laughs> girls in our first year, and we still did a book in the very first year. That's which awesome. Was really, it's out, That's it's so out of print. Cool. It's called Threads, and it's a really fun. Can I borrow a copy of something? Yeah, I think there's only like five that exist in the Right Girl oh office, goodness. and that's, that's it. So. so really, if you want to fund next year without donor support, you just like create a, an obscene bidding war yeah. over these five <laughs> impossible-to-find rare copies. <laughs> Great idea. That's fun. <laughs> um, but keep one for yourself. Yeah. And also for, sure. for me to borrow. Yeah. <laughs> one thing that's so great to me about this anthology is that you have figured out a way to categorize all these different stories yeah, without, without limiting anything. I know. That's a really fun part of the book. We do a big grand shuffle. We print out <laughs> everything, and then we, we literally have piles all over the office with Post-its, and we create sort of like 30 categories, and oh then goodness. we see if we can merge categories and change the name of them, and could we put fantasy and horror together? Oh and goodness. You know, what can we do to make chapters <laughs> that make sense that represent the different things that they're writing about? Because it is really diverse. I mean, their their writing is all over the place. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I rem- we remember what it was like to yeah. be teen girls. Yeah. 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 Uh, sure, sure. Yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um, you you also have these these super beautiful inserts throughout the book that are just just inspiring. They I like love exist them. to inspire. I love them. It's great. These are the writing tips or pieces mm-hmm. of writing advice that our girls write throughout the year at various events. <sighs> And some of them are on the post-it wall in our office bathroom. I know. We put them at all these events. So we put some of them in the book, and they're just so great. Can I read a couple? Yeah, of course. Do you have favorites? I would love to hear. And they're all my favorites. Of course. But there's some great ones in here like this one. Don't think about what you're writing. I mean, you should, just not too hard. (laughs) (laughs) It's like... The teen voice just comes at you, right? You hear them. You know. Yeah, but also they're like, they're not wrong. Like, that is no. 100% correct. And That's great. Every professional writer should have that, like, on their on the wall. window. Yeah. Right. This one, too. Like, don't just hold the pen. Be the pen. <laughs> it's very Miyagi. <laughs> totally. Oh. Um, here's one. Write whatever you want and everything you feel and don't look back. Oh. Just... This forward oh motion goodness. of writing, right? So great. Oh my goodness. So there, great. There, yeah, there's <laughs> in both the, even in the inserts, but also in the every single piece that's included in this collection, it's just so, it's so genuine. It's so authentic and just like mm-hmm. palpably, just palpably raw and real. Mm-hmm. 
And I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. I'm really proud of it. I think this is going to be our, I mean, it always feels like our best one, but this one really does feel like our best one. We've already got a really great review in Forward Magazine. Oh, great. And Pop Sugar just did a little piece on us. And, Wonderful. Um, the reviews and the comments coming in have just been mm -hmm. terrific. And I'm hoping that it can get a little bit more visibility. Yeah. Your books over the years have also won like numerous awards. I think we're up to 91 book awards. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> is it possible? <laughs> the last one won 10 book awards, which is really fantastic. Yeah. I think there's often, you know, I mean, we talked about some of the ways that people are dismissed sort of automatically, whether in a work environment or a classroom environment. I think that there's probably a bit of a widespread supposition that, you know, if you're if you're under the age of 20 and you publish something, well, that's cute. Yes. And... Um, I remember the first time that I got published, and I was pretty young. I was under 20, and I remember people thinking it was cute. But to me, like, I, I knew better. Having your work, especially as a young woman who doesn't always feel like she can even speak in class, because there are so many other voices that are conditioned to be louder and heard first, mm -hmm. to see your work, not just in print, not just on the paper, but also published, that is life-changing. That yeah. is massive. And the fact mm -hmm. that you've given that gift to hundreds and hundreds of girls over the years, I mean, that's, that's irreversible. That is yeah. amazing. It is really powerful, I think. I mean, I think hopefully the book represents what they experience at Right Girl as well, which is a long year or two up to five years <laughs> of, you know, writing specifically about what's going on in their lives, writing yeah. from their own personal experience, mm -hmm. not writing platitudes of lofty things that they think the world wants to hear, which is often right. what teenagers write. Well, that's often what literature class is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so to, you know, my, my favorite pieces are the ones where they're just talking about a moment in the kitchen with their mom mm -hmm. or, you know, what their dad's cologne smells like when they hug him in the morning or, you know, the moment they were out in nature and they had an aha moment because they realize something about themselves and you know just these little slices of life but they dive into it and we hopefully have coached them through how to write specifically and use your senses and yeah. express the rhythm of your own voice and in your own words and here I think the book represents that you know that it, you can see that it's not their first draft it's not yeah. the first thing they threw down on a piece of paper you know it was worked it was molded and and teased out of them and they're mentors helped them and the editorial team helped them and and then they spent a lot of time you know writing that writing is a mileage game that's another one of Kirsten's automotive reference right <laughs> that you just got to write a lot you know it doesn't happen just by osmosis magically you put your pen down and then you you that's rare yeah. mostly it comes because you've written a lot mm -hmm. you know so. Well, and you guys are having this, so it's, it's it's four times a month, or three or four times a month with a mentor one-on-one. -on -one. It's these monthly events mm -hmm. where the whole organization comes together. Yeah. By the end of a year, these girls have a canon. Yeah. They, I mean, they have yeah. written so, they have a body of work. Yeah. They, each and every one of these girls deserves to have been published. And you can feel it reading through it. Like, this is good, not to, you know, yeah. place judgment. Even saying good is already, we've already made a mistake, <laughs> but this is good writing. Yeah, it's solid. It's It's got some weight to it, you know? There's yeah. a bounce in the book, you know? Yeah. You kind of jump around. I love the idea that you could read one of these pieces in the time it takes to 
make a piece of toast, <laughs> you know, because yeah. it's accessible that way instead of some long form work where you really have to sit down and, and take your time indulging it. So I feel like there's a benefit in our fast paced world for people to just pick up the book and oh. get something out of it in a moment. Indeed. Yeah, this book is designed for the short attention span. <laughs> I've always been a huge fan of anthologies, but I imagine that, you know, guiding or editing one has got to be such a beast. I can't even imagine. Yeah, it, it's really time consuming and a uh, labor of love for a big group of people. I think there was maybe 20 people this year that really worked in the mm-hmm. Right Girl Publications Division to put the book together. And um, those are some late nights, you know, people up till two in the morning reading <laughs> and helping edit and trying to reach girls and, you know, trying to figure out where it should go and how to make it fit. And <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We'll, of course, remind listeners at the end, but where is the best place to find this and other Right Girl books? We have them all available on our website. So that would be the number one place that we would send people. But they are also available on Amazon. Great. And Skylight carries a few of our anthologies. Oh my goodness, just one more reason to like that dope bookstore. I know. And the Huntington (laughs) Bookstore carries them too. And that is a glorious bookstore and gift store and walkthrough too. Pretty prestigious, yeah. And a lot of the work was written at the Huntington. They've been so kind to us and really really given us the run of the place to do a lot of events there. So a lot of the book has been written by girls at the Huntington Gardens itself, you know. Um, And we also have a book that's available on our website called Pens on Fire. Oh, tell me about Pens on Fire. Yeah, it's it's a book designed for teachers. So it's really our writing activities for teachers, youth leaders, people that are working with young people that want some of the curriculum and writing activities that we do. And it sort of embeds a lot of our philosophy. They're non-competitive. They involve some of the playful, spontaneous kind of approaches that we have at Right Girl. So um, that's a book that I think we'd love to continue to promote and encourage so that people can have the experience of Right Girl without necessarily being here in L.A. Yeah, absolutely. And right now you are just in L.A., but you are. (laughs) You're like you're on a plane in like less than 48 hours. Yeah, we're heading to Rome (laughs) for this conference called Youth Mundus. It's an international youth festival. It's music, film and panel discussions, workshops, all designed to elevate young people to really help inspire them to go out and change the world. It's sort of centered around the uh, UN sustainability initiatives. So there's a day focused on the environment, a day focused on LGBTQ+, and a woman's focused day, which is our big day. So we're really excited to go and work with young people in Rome, and they're coming from other parts of the world too, and see how we can not necessarily create Right Girl all over the place. I mean, that's a big endeavor, but how can we disseminate more of our philosophy and our spirit and our energy to help others? You know, there's girls' schools that have been built now, and I knew this to be true. I was like, you know, I know they're building the schools, but do they know what they're going to do inside the building, right? Right, right. And now I've been reading some articles that are talking about the challenges they're having and keeping girls coming to school, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Because you can build the building, but you have to create an environment that is inspiring and that is going to help motivate them to keep coming back. I mean, there's lots of other issues that prevent girls from going to school, but, you know, we know we can offer some really powerful tools for teachers to help them. And I'm really excited about the opportunity to do more of that. 
That, that's incredibly exciting. It sounds like a bit of a match made in heaven. <laughs> this organization sounds like it already shares quite a few of yes. your values. Oh, yes, for sure. We're thrilled to be part of it. I think it's going to be a tremendous conference, and I think we'll get a lot out of it for ourselves, like inspiration that we will bring back to Right yeah. Girl, and hopefully a lot of Right Girl inspiration that we'll be passing out as we go. Yeah, I love that you had this massive book launch on Saturday, <laughs> and you're like flying to Rome on Wednesday. I know. It's just like that at Right Girl. I can't even take a <laughs> breath. It's ridiculous. Last summer was similar. It was the Obama Foundation that asked us to come and lead workshops right. for youth in Chicago and South Carolina and Arizona. And mm -hmm. we jumped on a plane, you know, three, four times that summer to go lead workshops in partnership with them. And that was fantastic. But it was also kind of like, you know, going from one thing to the other to the other. It's a good thing that I love what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. It sounds like you have you have certainly arrived. Yes. Yeah. And you're and you're figuring it out after uh, I've arrived and I'm leaving on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Perfect. Brilliant. Um, yeah. So much, so much exciting stuff going on for the organization. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you feel like you especially want to touch on about Right Girl or about this book? I think one thing is that um, we always want to encourage women writers to consider applying to be a volunteer and a mentor. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a waiting list of girls that would like to have their own mentor. It's mm, about 50 girls strong. So every year it grows, you know, we yeah. get caught up and then it grows again. And so that's one thing is, you know, if you're a woman writer in any genre, if you're a marketing writer, you know, journalist, we consider you to be creative writers as well, you know, yeah. come join us. So that's one thing. And the other is that we are looking for some men writers. You know, we have a small program called Bold Ink Writers, where we work with mostly incarcerated teen boys. And they need this too. They need the power of their voice and creativity to help them get through what they're going through and, and advocate for themselves beyond. So we have maybe 20 men now that have been trained to be Amazing. mentors. And all of the same principles apply. You know, the curriculum is very similar, non-competitive, creative, short bursts of specific activities that are tactile and sensory so that it's more exciting than just writing to a prompt. So all the same things apply to the boys program and it's been really exciting to see what their writing has been like and I'm looking forward to someday putting a book together of their work. Oh my goodness. Or, I'm sure it'll be incredible. Did I just say that? Yeah, you said it. It's on the record now. Good luck backing out. <laughs> rewind, rewind, rewind. Oh my goodness. Kirsten's going to be so excited to put a bunch of automotive references and metaphors in the bolding program. Get your engine started. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, she right. doesn't you don't even need her. <laughs> we love you, Kirsten. This is this is a question you don't necessarily have to answer, but it's a really interesting time historically for gender and gender identification. Can you talk just a little bit about the significance of having a group that is specifically devoted to girls? Yeah, it's really an interesting thing. I think they, the science says that girls benefit from a girls-only educational environment, and that's why we see so many girls' schools still. Boys, on the other hand, benefit from a co-ed environment. Fascinating. They, yeah, right? So we're kind of feeling like the best of both worlds is to have co-ed schools, but also have this right girl environment of just being with girls and women. And it, there's just this feeling of like letting go mm. of not having to compete with the dominance of boys' voices that the girls do when they're in the classroom or yeah. even at home or in the community. And the equalizer of like, we have a lot of things in common, being women and girls in the room yeah. and 
you know, that continues to be a really powerful experience for the women as well as the girls. You know, I've always said the moment it doesn't feel relevant or the moment it doesn't feel necessary, I'm happy to let it go because it was never intended to be a 20 year project, really. I, I mean, I didn't know when I started Right Girl. It was like I knew we needed it then. Right. But now it just still feels important. It feels significant. It feels rare, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and in L.A., which is really a very segregated city to bring people together that have several things in common, being women, but also being passionate about creativity and voice and writing. There isn't very much of that. Like, I don't know. We keep looking for where are the other things that we could send people to that if as we get more full and it, I don't know where it is. It's not to say there aren't other things. There are other programs. There's other organizations. There's other communities. But I know we're rare. And for that reason, we're going to try to keep on trucking. <laughs> Automotive Good, metaphor, yes. right? And we're, oh. we're just keep working, which is what, yes. You're welcome, Kirsten. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're you're working towards your own obsolescence. Yeah, but trying. It's still, it's so, it's still so relevant. Mm-hmm. Even the thing, you know, what, what you were what you were talking about earlier, you know, I mean, I think in a really visceral way, you feel this as a woman, and I'm sure you definitely feel this as a teen girl, that when you walk into a room where the story or the room is controlled by a different paradigm, perhaps, you find yourself adapting that paradigm. You find yourself, uh, you know, adjusting your shirt or, uh, you know, standing in a little bit of a different posture and and waiting and for the right opportunity to speak where it would be received yeah feeling unsure about whether it's the right time for your yeah. voice so to walk into a room where you're like oh the time is already now the mm-hmm. time is already well and that's the name of the book is this moment right? this moment yeah <laughs> yeah this moment yeah. that was actually that was a very inadvertent nice plug but yeah you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> but yeah to feel like it's already for you yeah i think is i think that's that's tremendous yeah and it's something i think we still have to fight for you know, mm-hmm, we participated mm-hmm. in the Women's March every year it's, that it's happened, and we will until, I mean, that's another one that I think they are also probably... It's like, oh, are we still doing yeah, this? Yeah, do we still need to do this? <laughs> like, really? I thought this would be a once-and-done thing, you know? And it, it continues to just baffle me in a way that we can still be here and, you know, approaching 2020 where women are still seen as being, you know, less valuable, less significant, paid less. I mean, it's changing, but it's slow. And um, we have to continue, I think, to work really hard (laughs) to fight for equity. Yeah. And I think and I think there's nothing short of equality is good enough. Um, And there's no like, I mean, let's celebrate the little victories, but you just can't let off the gas. This is not a time historically to let off the gas. No, I think more than ever, you know, women's voices need to be championed and heard by women, by men. Mm -hmm. You know, we see the Me Too movement, you know having its own little bumps and falters as the system adjusts to this momentous change, you know, in contracts, in conversations, in workplace ethics. And I think for us at, at Right Girl, girls need to know early that their voices matter, their Mm -hmm. voices are important, and that they should take up space in the world and be able to be loud and bold and unique and, and not hold back. Oh, my goodness. Karen, I'm feeling so pumped right now. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. So to circle back to this book, for anyone who is looking for 
I don't know, like the perfect book to have on your, your bedside table, an amazing gift for mm-hmm. a, a powerful great. young woman in your life. Makes oh, a great gift. I'm going to, mm-hmm. yeah, there will be, there will be several. Ugh. They listen to this podcast, though. All right. Well, if you're a young woman in my life, you're probably getting this book for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, but uh, yeah, I, um, I, I, I want to mention one last thing, which is, is something that I something that I read that you had written previously, which, which was this is paraphrasing, but basically that writing isn't just an academic skill. It's not just for the classroom. It's not just a professional skill, but that it, it's essential for understanding yourself and the world can can we just just super quick touch on for for those girls who aren't able to be in right girl or perhaps are not able to volunteer with right girl what would you like to tell those girls oh so many things how much time do we have i would want to tell <laughs> and you can, and you can message karen uh, <laughs> send it to tpbc podcast at gmail.com what i'd want to say to girls that are not in la is or anywhere in the world you know, your your writing will provide a feedback for you. It becomes like a, a journey of self-discovery because as you write, you learn, and as you learn, you write, and it's this dialogue that you start having with yourself that allows you to get out of your head and allows you to help build your confidence and your views about the world, your perspective, how you feel, what makes you angry, what makes you sad. And when you feel uncomfortable or when you feel like you have the blank page and you don't want to write, that's a state of vulnerability that is great to just welcome and say, I feel uncomfortable, I feel blank, I'm not sure, I feel whatever. And as you just sit with your own feelings, writing is a way for you to process them, writing is a way for you to go into your higher self, your, your best self and find who you are you know, and what you want to do in the world. Virtually everything that has been created in the world had to be written first. So what do you want to build? What do you want to do? What do you want to create? Who do you want to affect? Write it down. The power of putting something in writing. There's a Russian saying that what you put in with the pen, you cannot take out with an ox. Oh, I love that. (laughs) It's this idea that, you know, if you sign a contract, you're now you're stuck with it, yeah. it's, it's firm. Yeah. But I love the idea of not just having that apply to contracts, but also to like, you put something in writing and you make it real. So, you know, write and and make the world <laughs> a better place. Yeah, <laughs> and it's for you, it's your world. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're in it. Yeah. Write it. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm so I'm so pumped, Karen. Yay. <laughs> there were I wish we could spend the entire episode or a different episode just reading this book cover to cover. It is tremendous. If you're listening to this, go buy it. Writegirl.org, is that right? That's right. Cool. W R I T E G I R L dot org. That's a great place to buy the book. It's the perfect place to buy the book. And we have love for Amazon. They support Absolutely. us too. Absolutely. Yeah. They give us a grant. Every year um, to help support our work, so we're grateful for them. <laughs> yes, we were a huge fan on this podcast of all all habitats, virtual and physical, for writing, for reading, mm-hmm. uh, for exploring new literature, and for expressing your voice. Yeah, amazing. Yes. Karen, anything else you'd like to shout out before we wrap up? Maybe just the saying we say at Right Girl. Oh, would you? Yes. <laughs> Never underestimate the power of a girl and her pen. <laughs> Amen. (laughs) Amazing. All right. Well, this episode 
has been edited and produced by Daniel Eastler with production support by Joshua Noble. As always, please do support all of your local libraries, bookstores, other habitats for reading and writing, and definitely definitely support right girl <laughs> yes please do yeah however you can get involved this is a really really exciting and inclusive community that's up to some really good stuff thank you we also love to hear from our listeners so please uh, subscribe you can also rate and review us on apple podcasts or find us on the web at twopersonbookclub.com or you can email us at tpbcpodcast at gmail.com Karen, if anyone wants to compliment your speaking voice, is there anywhere you'd like to invite them to reach you on social media? Oh, sure. I'm at Karen Taylor on Twitter. Great. Oh, and we should say Karen is spelled K-E-R-E-N. Yes. K-E-R-E-N-T-A-Y-L-O-R. Great. Brilliant. Well, best of luck on your trip. I hope it's going to be incredible. I'm sure it will be. Ciao. (laughs) Ciao. Very good. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening. And Karen, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. It's been wonderful to be here to talk to you today. 